The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Let me tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now. That's New Balance. The two-way V4, featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with fresh foam. It's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. I thought Phoenix was going to get swept, didn't you? I did. I really did. I thought it was it was over. They were getting their asses beat. Multiple games. The ghost of Chris Paul just pulled his groin, and then the series flipped on its head. Truthfully, everything changed. Phoenix now ties the series with the number one seed Nuggets. Uh, behind the usual suspects, of course, we wanted big performances from Devin Booker. We got 36 from him. Uh, of course, you get 36 from Kevin Durant. And then... Uh, 19 from uh, Checks Notes, Landry Shamit. Landry Shamit. Four, four threes in the final quarter of action. Just nail in the coffin after nail in the coffin. Forced the Denver Nuggets himself. Two big threes, two separate timeouts called by Denver. Like, oh shit, we cannot be letting Landry Shamit's little ass be sending us home. And he did. Shamit was just in absolute sniper mode. Every time Denver got close, Landry Shamit pulled up from deep, and it was wet. I don't understand it. And the bench showed up for the first time, pretty much all series, uh, scored 40. The bench scored 40. They were getting like four points off the bench before Chris Paul got, got uh, injured. All of the bench was in plus numbers. All of this Suns starting lineup was negative. Wild that the series was saved by its shallow bench, but props to Jock Landell, TJ Warren, Terrence Ross, and of course Landry Shamit. Landell was an impressive plus 16 for the game. He was ballin', which brings up an interesting point. I need to know, is this Phoenix Suns team better without Chris Paul? I don't mean it in a Stephen A. Smith way. I actually mean this. I actually think this team is better. For whatever reason, Monty would not go to Terrence Ross. He would not play them. He would not play Landry. He would not play campaign. He was running out six deep, getting no production. I think Landry had like two minutes in game one. I think 
Terrence Ross got a DNPCD. I think uh, our man TJ Warren, DNPCD. And then all of Monty's plans went to hell in a handbasket, and now he had to make adjustments and find some guys on the bench who he knew could score buckets, and now it's tied 2-2. It might have saved Monty's job. Chris Paul's injury might have saved Monty's job. And I think it's this is why. Chris Paul is a turtle. He is slow. Let's be honest. His playoff pedigree is built off of slow playing it up the floor, putting his butt into someone's chest when he's backing him down even 94 feet away from your rim and just setting up this offense slow methodical point god shit but maybe just maybe that makes the phoenix suns worse maybe just maybe they need to be playing faster they need to be getting easier buckets in transition maybe deandre ayton thrives in a faster up tempo offense same thing with devin booker same thing with kevin durant maybe half court offense is hard because the defense is set. They have had all this time to settle their defense down and figure out what you want to do. But the big story, though, really revolves around Jokic and this controversy. Have you heard about it? Uh, he put up 53. He was incredible. 20 of 30 from, from shooting. But he also managed to get himself squarely involved in some conflict that could possibly affect the entire series. With two and a half minutes left in the first half, this is what happened. Jokic was scrambling out of bounds for the ball. Jokic tried to get the ball, which happened to fall into a fan's hand. The fan refused to give up the ball. Literally was holding on to it like it was his baby. Jokic grabbed it, pulled it away from him, shoved the fan down, tried to get the ball thrown to him, squirted it into another fan, tried to get the ball, Then that first fan got into his face, and Jokic seemed to put his shoulder into him, and the fan flew to the ground. It was a flop. It was an egregious flop. In other words, the video showed that he maybe sort of kind of went into the stands and, I don't know, malice in the palace him. You know what I mean? Just a little shove in the stands. Put his shoving into the guy. Who was this fan that Jokic shoved? This guy, uh, uh, Matthew Ishbia. Turns out Matthew Ishbia is the uh, new billionaire, uh, owner of the Phoenix Suns. So Jokic shoves an NBA owner courtside for refusing to give the ball up and get out of the way. And that owner, Matt Ishbia, flopped like a La Liga forward dating one of those supermodels that never smile. It was a very soft move. I respect the hell out of Matt Ishbia former Spartan for pulling that. That's something that only Tom Izzo can teach. Matt Ishbia, Draymond Green, same guy. Same guy. Um, The big problem, though, is that the league's kind of fucked because they're not going to want to suspend Jokic for that bullshit. But it was against the rules. It was. The rules are very clear. You can, one, not go into the stands. Period. You cannot put your hands on a fan for any reason. There's a tiny bit of wiggle room because they say that Jokic wasn't really in the stands. He was courtside. He was on the sidelines. Very thin argument. He did kind of sort of push a fan. Even Ishbia was like, hey, I'm not trying to get, I want us to win with Jokic. We don't want him to get suspended. But I am not sure what the league is going to do. It is a conundrum. The question is, what would have happened if it was Draymond and not Jokic? Booker said after the game when asked about it, he got us a point. He did his job. 
He did. It was a technical foul, and they got a point out of it. In a series that could be swayed very easily by a suspension by a star player, but listen, those Jokic, non-Jokic minutes are rough. A non-Jokic game is pretty much a win for the Phoenix Suns, and we got some drama on our hands. And It's not been on the court, and that is a shame because after two ugly, gross first two games, this series has gotten very fun uh, very fast. So no one wants to see the Joker suspended, but it is all in Adam Silver's hands now, and we will see what he does. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The other two games are on Monday night, which is when I am recording right now. The games have not gone underway yet, and I am not sure what is going to happen, so I'm going to keep my comments very general until we get back into the studio. Um, Knicks heat. I think the Knicks are very much in trouble. Uh, I think that this team cannot shoot. If they come out in game five and shoot like the snipers that they want to be, then maybe that changes, but I don't think so. A lot of this has to do, though, with Julius Randle. He didn't single-handedly lose the game uh, on Saturday for the Knicks, but he was not great. He was not who they need him to be if they want to win and move on. He's injured. I know that he's injured, but you can't shoot 35% from the field. From the field! From the field in the playoffs. That is 11 percentage points lower than his regular season numbers. And when he was asked about it, he said, well, some of the looks are different. The defense is a bit tighter, so I've got to do a better job of finding ways to execute off of that. But I'll be fine. Will he be fine, though? Like, I don't know if he will be. I don't know about that, Chief. Like, I know everyone says, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. But in this moment, against the Heat, against Jimmy Butler, I'm not sure on a bum wheel if you're going to be. All I know is that the Knicks cannot afford another negative 34 performance from our man, R.J. Barrett. Ronan, we're going to need more from you, sir. That is a season-killing number right there. And if the Knicks can't hit threes, they are dead. Miami's going to pack the paint. They're going to make it very difficult for Mitchell Robinson and all them young boys underneath the basket to get rebounds and to score. And they're going to let all these chuckers who are bricking consistently shoot from three. Randall, 0 for 5 from 3 last game. Brunson, 0 for 5 from 3. Toppin and Grimes combined, 1 for 8. That is 1 for 18 right there. That is no bueno. Bam Adebayo was absolutely dominant in game 3. Eric Spolstra had some big-time flowers to give to Bam Adebayo. Um, And I thought Bam was a major part of that. He was all over the place, both ends of the court. Uh, And the stat line probably doesn't do it any justice of, of... uh, the impact, um, uh, you know, to to be able to to take a challenge on a, on a, a great player like Randall um, with limited help, um, and then Randall's so clever; he knows how to draw fouls uh, as well. So he can't be overly physical. Uh, and then we're also asking him, you know, to play pick and rolls, uh, and then rebound and finish our defense. We he's our best rebounder, and we need him to do that as well. Uh, and he did all of that. And then offensively, he was just so active. On the offensive glass, uh, the random stuff uh, in the paint. And some of these didn't lead to uh, his his scores, 
but they set the table. Um, just that aggressiveness, uh, you know, for our, our team. And, um, you know, that's why he is who he is. He's just a winning player. Yeah, I mean, Bam Adebayo is doing everything for this team. For a small ball five who's probably really more of a four, he has been incredible. My question uh, is really, is this the ugliest series in the playoffs? Because it feels like it is. Both teams last game shot under 40% from the field. 36% from the field for a team and the other team also below 40%. All I know is the Knicks need to win tonight or they are D-E-A-D dead in the water. How is Anthony Davis the best player in the NBA and also the most disappointing player in the NBA at the same time? I don't understand it. I really, really don't. Uh, the Lakers blew out the Warriors by 30, uh, and they took a 2-1 lead. But the question is, do you think that Steph Curry, the Steph God, the babyface assassin, is worried at all? I mean, they made an adjustment in terms of their matchups to try to take away our pick and roll in the pocket, passing, and that four-on-three advantage we have in the backside and Draymond being in a sweet spot. Like, they obviously understand that's when we're at our best. So we'll make adjustments. <laughs> we'll make adjustments with a wink and a head nod. I know what I'm going to do. I'll figure it out. I wish I could show you this arrogant smirk that's on Steph Curry's face that you, if you are playing against him, you always want to smack. I love Steph Curry. Also, you know, really quickly, is are these the like most annoying is this the battle royale of most annoying fan bases complaining about the same thing to one another into the void every single game? Whoever wins, the losing team is always complaining about how the other team is babied and protected by the referees in the league. Like, it's like the Lakers win and the Warriors fans are like, do you see? This is the Lakers Purple and gold, LeBron James, they're always getting every single call. This is bullshit. Ah! And then the Warriors win, and the Lakers like, it's Steph. Steph is getting every call. It's so annoying. The Dub Nation, they, they're just the champions. They've got championship pedigree, and they get every call. Do you see this? This is bullshit. It's literally like a ping pong of rage between the two fan bases. I can't fucking stand either one. I wish they could both lose. I really wish they could both just be done at home, Cancuning, mock drafting their way into oblivion right now because watching those two fan bases square off in the Twitterverse is like on one hand hilarious because it's like, yeah, every other team feels like this about both of you guys. Like that's what, yes, you're right and you're right, yes. The last eight times though that the Warriors got by, beat by 15 in the playoffs, they came back and won the next game. Our dubs always make adjustments. You've been warned. 